We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. All right, here we are. Welcome to the Pragmatic Doulas podcast. I am Kim Fernandez. And I am Suzanne Lim. And I'm Steph Alouche, hanging out over here in my bed. <laughs> I know, and we I at least got our asses up. What the hell, man? You always record in your bed. I do, yeah. but I did get my ass up. I just returned to the bed. Oh, fair enough. And I'm over here itchy for whatever reason. I don't know why I've been super itchy these last few weeks. Just like my face, chest, and arms itchy. Uh, allergies no rash no rash there's no rash just itchy Uh oh you have coleostasis yeah there you go (laughs) thanks for the diagnosis look we're already learning about suzanne and we haven't even started the q a yet (laughs) look at that look at that suzanne is itchy today what do you use one word to describe how you feel right now that's my word Itchy. itchy all right let me take that question off my list yeah <laughs> thanks a lot um what so, question we don't have is who's doing the land acknowledgement today we're actually set and we are ready mm. or at least i'm ready because that's, it's me that's Excellent. cute take it away stephanie all right we would like to begin by acknowledging or i would like to begin by acknowledging since i'm a little east of you guys that the land on which i gather raise my family make my money Take Care of Myself is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Mississauga, adjacent to the Mississaugas of Scugog Island First Nation and in the territory covered by the Williams Treaty. This place is and will continue to be home to indigenous peoples. So let us move forward with kindness, respect and listening. So, and I'm going so to stop on, there before I rant. <laughs> on, on that note, yesterday, my sister went to her daughter's university graduation and at the beginning of the ceremony before the ceremony started uh they did an act not just a land acknowledgement there was a whole act presentation by an indigenous group they were there and there was drumming and um just a really really good meaningful solid um acknowledgement in more than one way not just words of the land that the University of Waterloo sits on. So I thought I was pretty impressed with that. Did they do anything? You went to a um, graduation last week, Kim. Was there yeah. any? Yeah. Yeah, so they did uh, so they did a land acknowledgement. They also had um, when the people that sit on the stage come in, it yeah. was led by an indigenous woman who placed an eagle feather Um, in front of the scepter that's usually there um, Mm -hmm. that goes with the with the college or the university itself so Mm -hmm. that eagle feather sat in a wooden box and then um, when then and they had the land acknowledgement then after that and and they talked about sort of the significance of the eagle feather and it was written in the program in that as well Mm -hmm. and then when everything was over and they were leaving um, the indigenous woman boxed back up the eagle feather and then led the way out of the of the ceremony hmm. 
And then another thing that I heard on, did I hear it on the national? Anyways, that some universities, there's, there's an, there's an app or some sort of software program where all of the people, every single graduate uh, speaks into it with the proper pronunciation of their name. And they use, they use like an autumn, it's not like a person reading their name. It's a, a, like a voice thingy, like Siri almost, reads the name out with the proper pronunciation. And they do this work beforehand. They send it to every single graduate. Is this the proper pronunciation of your name? If not, press this button and speak into the thing and say the proper pronunciation of your name. Wow. So that's that good. everybody's name is properly pronounced as they're being called on stage to accept their degree. And I thought it was hilarious. I thought that was very, very good. I love that idea. And then my sister played me the little, you know, three second clip of my niece walking onto the stage to get her degree. And of course they butchered her name. Her name is Adriana Rojo. Adriana Rojo. You don't have to say it fancy Spanish way. You can just say Adriana Rojo. But it was Adriana Rojo, which makes her so mad. Uh, and I go, oh, clearly they didn't use that that system. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's what I think that that's that's like an acknowledgement of people's identity, who you are, your name. It's important, and I place a lot of them being somebody with a one syllable last name. It doesn't apply to me, but I think it's important to pronounce people's names properly and take the time, take the time to learn how to say it. Um, so my, like my MPP, his name is Vijay Thanigasalam, and I spent about 30 minutes saying it over and over and over until it could fall off my tongue because there's about 15 letters in that name so um yeah do that learn there was to say people properly there was a tweet from uh dr nirmala who i follow on twitter um and her last name is quite long as well and it was like somebody had said you know just looking at a name and saying, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to attempt it is like completely disrespectful. Yeah. Um, so she tweeted, she retweeted that and said, you know, yeah, like I'm not doing, like, I'm not accepting that anymore. I'm Good not going to do her. it myself and I'm not going to accept that anymore. And I realized then when I saw that it was like, you know what it used to be like years ago, it used to be people would say I'm with Dr. Nirmala. That's yeah. all they would say. Yes. But nowadays I'm with Dr. Chandra. Chandra okay. Yeah. And it's like, yes. yeah, it I'm hit hearing me that, more that is now, that is how she is being referred to. Yes. She's not. All other OBs at the hospital are referred to by doctor, which they've earned and their last name, which is their identity, which is the standard way. But she used to let people just say Dr. Nirmala because it's easier. Yeah. And so she's being referred to by her first name, even though they're putting doctor there. And I'm thrilled that she's saying, no, my name is Chandra Sakaran. You say it enough times. Yep. It becomes easy. Chandra Sakaran. And uh, if you can learn how to say Dostoyevsky and Tchaikovsky, you can learn yeah. to say Chandra Sakaran and Thangasilla. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, you can. There you go. There's one way you can do better. There's one way you can do better. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So today is the great breakdown of Suzanne Lim. We're breaking it down. What do I you mean, want to know? What do you got? I mean, geez, geez Louise, you guys know everything already. Like, I don't know if you want to... So we know things because we are constantly in a group chat. And mm-hmm. I often think that then everybody knows things. So maybe people don't know things. Um, and, you know, many moons ago, we actually did have the, you know, rapid fire questions, but it's been a while and not everybody goes backwards to the beginning of a podcast. So we get to- and You probably should. Some of, our, some of our first ones were not that good. <laughs> there you go. So mm-hmm. why not do a little refresher? Are you ready, Suzanne? Uh, yeah. Is your seat I- hot? <laughs> you I are in the hot, hot seat. Boiling. I am ready. Just don't ask me about scandals. And you have uh, scandals? Things that I did. No, I don't. I don't have any scandals. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. That Let question. me have it. Let me have it. Scandal. All right. Want me to go first, Kim? Yeah, you go first. Okay, Miss Suzanne, how mm-hmm. were you first? introduced to doula work and why when you were introduced to it did you decide to go do a training and actually do it hmm i i could swear i've already talked about this but but my origin my doula origin story yes okay so i guess i could say that i was doing doula work of a sort unofficially before i became official simply by like going to a few births of my cousins that's all yep was there because i had had home births so when you have home birth people think that you know all about birth or i had been a la leche league leader for many many years before i uh, had my home births and so yep. that kind of placed me in a position in my family as a person that knew a lot about breastfeeding and babies and stuff like that. So then I started going to the births of my cousins, especially a couple of them who had home births. And then a friend of mine wanted to have a home birth. She was having her sixth baby and I was with her and the midwives in the room. And at one point, I think I had to like be really firm with her I literally had to grab her face and tell her, okay, you need to turn over. We've been trying to get you to turn over for the last little while. And, and she kept moaning. Oh, it hurts. This is somebody who's having their sixth baby. And I'm like, yeah. And it's going to keep on hurting until you turn over. So then she turned over and the baby just slipped right out. (laughs) Afterwards, when we were like cleaning up, I was, I was helping clean up, like getting the sheets to go into the washing machine and so on. The midwife said to me, you know, you should be a doula. Never had heard that word before. Never. And I said, a what? And she says, a doula, somebody who does what you did today. There's some, that's like an actual thing. So immediately, not even a second's hesitation, uh, it clicked. I was like, what the hell? And I could not wait to get home to look it up. Looked it up. And that very day I signed up for a training. That very day. It just so happened to be at that time of my life. My last baby was four. And I was starting to think, okay, so you're actually officially grown up now, Suzanne. So you're going to do with your life. Pretty soon these kids are going to like outgrow you and leave. So what are you going to do? So I thought, well, let me look into this. Can I make a living doing this? 
So I immediately signed up for a training and here we are. And the rest follow is up. history. I have a follow-up question to that. I find it interesting that she didn't say, because I mean, let's be honest, doulas were really not really all that popular or even known, you know, mm -hmm. back when she made that comment. I yeah. just wonder why she didn't say you should become a midwife. That's a good question. Um, so there's a follow-up question then. Have you ever considered becoming a midwife? Oh, yes. Quite, quite seriously. Um, I actually went back to school to do upgrading, biology, chemistry. So I am, I now have fantastic grades in OAC biology and chemistry because in high school, there was no way I was going near sciences. That was not my thing. Uh, and then I realized, oh, well, you're gonna have to like go deep into the science. Loved it actually, loved the biology and the chemistry, very surprising. And um, then I was in a really bad marriage and kept getting the message from people in the midwifery program, people I knew that if you don't have a supportive partner or if you don't have support with your kids, it's gonna be a nightmare and, and very, very difficult to be a midwife, to go, not just to be a midwife, but to go through the training to be a midwife. That really made me pause because I wasn't willing to sacrifice my children who were still, you know, like, at the time, two and like very, very little, the last three. And so I, I paused that I said, okay, let me just sit on it for a little bit. Maybe if I do it part-time, then I realized the part-time program was seven years. I also wasn't willing to um, commit to seven years of school at my age, which I guess I was around 35 at the time. And uh, maybe that's why that midwife didn't suggest that I become a midwife because of age. I was 35 age. years old. That might've been it. So anyways, and then uh, as the years passed and I knew more and more midwives and observed the tremendous amount of sacrifice and the overwhelming amount of time, energy and personal wear and tear on every aspect of your being, I realized, oh hell no. <laughs> No, no, no. I need my downtime and burnout in the midwifery community is rampant and just mm -hmm. like normal burnout is normalized in midwifery work. And I was like, no, I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. My kids are the center were the center of my life. Um, and I just couldn't fathom doing it any other way because let's face it you only have 24 hours in a day there's only so much energy you have in your tank and I wasn't willing to use all of it for work as <laughs> much as I love respect and admire midwives and their profession even more so because now I know I can do it yeah yeah yeah. And that comes back to the, you know, human rights tribunal again, and what, yeah. you know, it was upheld for the third time at the again. highest Ontario and they court this still week. Are not being, and, and the government's still not doing the right thing. That's right. Despite all of all, everything that we have, every re recourse that midwives have, they've used, and uh, the government's still not. This is one of the big reasons why I did not vote in, vote this current government in, because of that because they're reluctant to acknowledge the importance of midwifery care in maternal health. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, and the importance of taking care of the midwives so they can do their job well. Yeah. So that and burnout is not normalized. That's right. It's not, it's about the individual and paying them appropriately. It's also about ensuring the program is healthy, about ensuring that the teachers of the program are healthy and that the, the, sit, the, the way it is set up supports okay. everyone. And that the training right? is accessible, which it is not when there are only two, two universities that offer the training in Southern Ontario. Yeah. So and then there's, and then there's the placement. It needs more, more funding. So there are more placements because goodness knows there's more needed. Um, we have a lack of midwives, not because there's actually a lack of people coming out of the school, but because there's a lack of funding from the government for funding more spaces to pay more midwives. So it's like they're not paying the current ones appropriately and they're fighting against paying the current ones appropriately and paying the program pro- appropriately. And they're not funding enough spaces for growing midwifery in Ontario. So there's a lot of problems. So yeah. similarly, when people have said, um, have you, con- it, what, long ago I've had people say, have you considered becoming a midwife? And as it's moved, times moved on, I've actually had midwives say, you don't wanna do this. You, this nearly killed me, this nearly killed my marriage. It did kill my marriage. Um, it's uh, huh. the burnout just from going through school too. The teachers are burned out. It. That's what sealed it for me. Yeah. Um, the life of a midwife is exactly what you think. Think of waking up in the middle of the night on a cold winter night, leaving your bed and having to go uh, deliver a baby in the, for however many hours, leaving your family behind that kills my heart i can't do it so i didn't that's why no that's a no for suzanne (laughs) yeah (laughs) so if you could go back so coming back to the origin story if you could go back and start your doula journey all over again what would you do differently how would it look different for you hmm it could be business associated. It could be how you structure things for yourself, whatever. What would you do differently based on what you know now? Um, I mean, looking back, I think my, my training was shit. My doula training, my actual doula training was foolishness. Now I know. Um, but I didn't, I, I, there weren't very many choices. In 2004, where was I going to get better training than that? I don't know. Was Kappa even around back then? 2004? Yeah, yeah I think so. I didn't immediately. I glommed on the big one, the, the one that everybody, are we allowed to say it? I'm because I'm criticizing them. Whatever. What the fuck? When have I ever been afraid of that? Uh, it was Dona, Duels of North America. So that was like the, the big one, the one that I thought, all right, that's where you got to go. So I headed that way. Maybe I would have done pause a little bit and uh, explored other options like Kappa, which I think at the time was probably the only option, but I never, I hadn't even ever heard of Kappa at that time. So didn't even look. So I might've done that differently. I think that if I had it all to do, knowing what I know now, I would have been more business minded. I was just so thrilled to be working in birth that I was just, I flew by the seat of my pants for years. And I just happened to have been really, really lucky and just attracted all kinds of work, but I did not 
not until years later, did not consciously and with any sort of system or process seek work out. It just kind of bloop, bloop. Somebody called me up and said, hey, do you want to do this thing? Yeah, okay. And then that thing just ended up being amazing. The first, I started out getting so many births in my first couple of years because somebody told me about this organization, this facility called Ella in Leaside, where, where they provided all sorts of um, services for new families, pregnant people and new families. And they needed a doula with lots of breastfeeding experience because there weren't a lot of those kind of doulas around back then. Because of my Lelechia leak background, they immediately, like within that one day, I called them up and said, hey, blah, blah, blah. She said, come on in, sign the papers. And I was working for Ella and bam, 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 birth after birth, after birth, after birth for that first two years, which is not how it usually is for new doulas, no, but not anymore. put a bug in my ear about Ella. I jumped on it and that was it. Then somebody put in my bug in my ear about working with uh, birth solutions run by Tracy Ruiz. And that started my postpartum. Um, so my postpartum career. So I did my training and that time it was with Kappa, but I probably would have gone about it a little bit more. Uh, I did not consider myself an entrepreneur until well, well into my journey. I just thought I was working. That's it. I'm a doula and I'm working. I'm working for Ella. I'm working for Tracy. That's it. And, and that was true. But in terms of getting my own clients and building my own business, that didn't even occur to me until years and years later. Say, say That's how I started teaching childbirth education. A friend of mine, homeschooling friend of mine who used to teach at York Central said, hey, we're moving out of the country. Do you want to like take over for me? So I said, okay. So I did that training and that's it. And they were happy to have doulas teach. And so I just slipped into it. And that's how I started teaching at St. Mike's. Somebody said to me, they're looking for another instructor at St. Mike's because one's retiring. Okay. And I just gone in. So I have been blessed, blessed, blessed with a capital B. But I, 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 okay. So maybe, I don't know. I think that I would be more business-minded if I went back there. But I wonder if being more business-minded would have chased away all that goodness that just fell into my lap. That's like a religious question. So never mind. <laughs> it's very philosophical. It's very philosophical and deep. Who knows? But that was the one thing that I would, I, I think that I would do that differently. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So leading from that then, you talked about sort of all the things that you do out of all the modalities that you do birth postpartum childbirth ed what's your favorite and why i okay so they're all if i'm going to rank them they're all very close very close together right it's like the difference between the first place sprinter at the Olympics and the second, it's the first place still gets the gold medal, but there's like literally a second and a half difference between them. So they're all very close, but I would say postpartum. Nice. And why is that? Why is because that? I feel more, I feel that's where I can affect the most change. That's where I can influence people the most. That's where I feel like my, my words and my help have the most weight 
But again, it's like right behind. And now that I teach virtually, I, I feels a little diluted. So teaching would be number three on my list. Again, like very, you know, three seconds, two seconds, one second difference in that race. Um, but uh, postpartum, because I feel we there's more time, more opportunities for people to really get their stuff out. Well, I'm really scared about, you know, not being able to take care of the baby. I have no idea how to get any sleep and helping people find a way to manage their lives after having a baby feels so satisfying. Yeah. So, and it feels satisfying for those reasons. Cause I really think it puts a big impact. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's a huge impact. Yeah. Um, and I guess, does that grow out? Would you say from all the work you did with Lilechi League as well? Like, did that really help yes. prepare you for how you want to postpartum doula? 100%. Lilechi League, it's not a perfect organization, but um, I think if you're going to ask me the question that Sam asked me, that Sam asked. Yeah. Do you want to ask, do you want to answer that one? It kind of flows into that. Flows into that. So read What's the, the question? question. What was the oh. question that Sam asked? Hold on, hold on. I have to, I hadn't pulled it up yet. Uh, okay, so um, of all the roles you have played in your life outside of being a mom, wife, friend, homeschooler, La Leche League leader, childbirth educator, birth doula, postpartum doula, and more, which would you say was the one that best fed your soul? Yes, so so that's why I'm going to say La Leche League, being a La Leche League leader, um, and that had impacted and influenced every single solitary other thing in my life. My relationship with other people, how I speak and communicate with other people, um, my ability to speak in front of other people first was tested at La Leche League meetings. I had never spoken public before. My first La Leche League meeting that I ran by myself, that was the first time. And uh, the way that the organization was organized and so again Lele Chile is not there are problems as we now know with major organizations run by pretty much all white people pretty much all sort of middle-class married people it was a very very strict dynamic I know for a fact that things have changed since I haven't been involved in La Leche League. So I'm acknowledging that La Leche League as an organization is not perfect. But, oh my God, so many organizations run by like women identified organizations can learn so much from La Leche League. I have, I carry so much of that, those teachings, not just about breastfeeding, okay? Not just about what do you do if you have sore nipples? That is, just the foundation, your breastfeeding knowledge and how to support somebody around through their breastfeeding challenges was the, the, the first thing that I got from La Leche League. Working with other women, running a group. And our little La Leche League group, I learned about banking. I didn't know about banking, how to balance a check. I didn't know how to balance a checkbook till I became a La Leche League leader. And um, planning meetings, programming, and then the support structure was freaking still is awesome. Leaders have uh, support for their groups. And then those leaders have support 
provincially and nationally and internationally. It is, it's amazing the way that the organization is set up. And the fact that it was started by a handful of quote unquote housewives who just wanted to get together to help each other breastfeed. And now you can go anywhere. I looked up the Leche League in the Philippines, just I couldn't get to a meeting because I've always said that if I ever travel across the world, I'm going to find a Leche League meeting to go to. And the core, core, um, the core of the Leche League is, well, they, you know, mother to mother support, not 100% inclusive language, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. We can call it parent to parent support. That has always been the foundation of it. That is what is at the core. And that means so much to me because that's what I feel doula work is. When I'm sitting there in that bedroom with that new parent who's crying because their nipples are sore, their perineum is sore, they haven't slept all for two days and so on. That's what that one-to-one, nothing else matters except me and this person and how can I help them with my words and with my actions. That's the same thing that I did in the Leche League. And then I left there and could speak to my co-leaders, could speak to my DA, shout out to Sam, could speak to my DA who was the support person for the leaders in a bunch of groups. And then Sam would have support for her work and so on and so nobody was left unsupported. Nobody was left hanging in the wind. And I have learned that in the Leche League, that structure, it, it fucking works people. It, it really, really works. Um, so Lola Chilik has impacted, it impacted the way I structured homeschooling. It impacted the way that now I set up my doula work. I, that's why I believe so much in collectives and not like competition. It all started yes. there. Lola Chilik politicized me, breastfeeding politics internationally all over the world. That was the very first time that it ever occurred to me that, maybe things are not the way that they seem. When I read the politics of breastfeeding, I threw the book across the room in indignation and outrage. I was so hepped up, it galvanized me. And then that influenced me to take a, um, a counselor advocate for assaulted women and children at George Brown and graduated from that program specifically because of reading the politics of breastfeeding. That led me to homeschooling and realizing you don't have to do what you're told. You can do the things your way. You can think for yourself. There's all kinds of information out there that nobody's telling you. And it started with breastfeeding. And so therefore, Lula Chilik. So don't get me started. You got me started. That is my rant. I feel extremely passionately about that organ. And I did leave. I left originally because I didn't feel like Lily Tillig was speaking to me anymore during the time that I was in that George Brown program, that there weren't enough women of color, like any. Um, I was a very young mom. I I went to Lily Tillig meetings when I was 21. So there were all older married moms. And I was like the one young single mom there. Now I know that that's changed. But back in 1988, that's how it was. And uh, and there weren't single moms around. And we Lily Tillig wasn't helping those people. So I felt a need to put my energies in other communities, but never, never lost touch with Lily Chile. And I'm still, still have 
people that I hold dear to my heart from my little chili days, you know, Sam being one of them. So yeah, that's, that's my answer to that. Awesome. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. And it, it's, it does speak to everything else. And, you know, when you talked about that hierarchy of support, the way that was structured, it actually brought me right back to what we were discussing about midwifery. If mid, midwife, if the, the, if we could build that program out, um, yeah. which ends with midwife supporting birthing folks, if everything underneath if the foundation is all solid and people are taken care of, then the people who need to be taken care of at the top end of that, which is the the client who's birthing will be well taken care of, but you have to build the foundation with everyone yeah. having a resource to go to. Right. So they don't have, midwives don't have that. I mean, they have the yeah. AOM, which is supposed to be their support place, but it's not, it doesn't support the individual midwife who just came back from a, a really, really hard traumatic birth. And so if you're in a practice with a bunch of other midwives, for sure, they themselves can build that in. But in terms of the structure of midwifery all over the province, that's not there. Like it's not structured in such a way that you need to report to this, these support body every month to talk about issues you're having in your practice or issues that you, you know, clinical things or whatever, and that those people then also have support and so on. It's not structured that way. No. So if you, if they want to do it, then it's optional. They can make their own support systems within a practice, but within La Leche League, it is, that is how starting a Leche League group built, it's all like built in. It's built in for you. Here's the support structure that we have for you. That template of support is built in and it works. Yeah. It, it really makes you feel like you can do this for a long, long time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So you talked about Lalechi League and you talked about like, and obviously people within the organization who were influential for you. Um, back besides your parents. So actually, let me take this back. When we talked about our upbringings and things like that before, you said one thing that really, really stuck with me because I remember having a similar thought a few times through my childhood. Someone had said something to you that was like supposed to be an insult or something like that. And you looked at them, although you were a child, like they were just wrong. It's like, well, that's just not true. I'm not like that. And you just felt so surely in your child body that this person is deluded. They're wrong. So it doesn't impact me what you're saying because it doesn't make any sense. So who helped, who would you say helped form that part of your personality? Because we all know, you know, we don't all have that inner voice that tells us that that other person is wrong. Sometimes some of us have the opposite, which is like, we're a sponge absorbing everyone's opinion of us. I was trying to remember who, who, what I said that, what the heck not, but now I remember what you're talking about. Um, and this goes like deep, 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 deep. It was my father, my father. We had a horrible relationship as I was growing up and, and that horrible relationship included name calling. So he would say, say, call me names. Like you're lazy, you're careless, you're whatever, whatever, whatever. And the thing for whatever reason, I never believed him. I did not. So that's what you're talking about, right? I didn't believe yeah. him. And he would say to me, you're lazy. You're stupid. I would 
I was like, no, I, it would hurt me that my father would say that to me, but I would know that he was saying it to me because he was mean. And the reason why I didn't believe him, or I think this is the reason when I analyze it is because I didn't grow up with my father from birth. Okay. I really only started living with my father when I was seven years old and we came to Canada because him and my mom didn't get married till I was three. And then my mom was away. My mom left Jamaica and I was, this is the story of like many, many Jamaican people, Caribbean people. And I lived with my aunt and my grandmother for all those years before I came here. And so within that time that I lived with my aunt and my grandmother, I was shown like unbounded love. I was a cherished child. I was unconditionally loved and taken care of with them. And when I felt, and I knew when I left Jamaica, I was heartbroken and I could feel how heartbroken my aunt was and my uncle and my cousins when I was leaving. And they, because, because they loved me so much. And when I came here, I knew that my mother loved me and my mother poured so much love into me. So when my dad, who was a new person in my life, would say mean things to me, it bounced off of that because I was like, mm, no, <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> something's wrong with you. And I, I, I remember, I think I've told a story where I remember uh, Amy, Sh Amy Schumer talking, the, saying the same sort of thing, that her mom had poured so much love and confidence into her that when she started school and people started telling her she was ugly and fat, she was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm, I'm awesome and gorgeous because my mom told me so. And <laughs> she carried that with her. And, and that made me realize, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why my father's issues that he projected onto me didn't sink in. I mean, I'm sure they've sunk in. I would need some psychotherapy to figure out the ways that it really <laughs> did influence me, but it was because of the love I was shown as a little small child. It, it shored me up for any sort of um, trauma that I, so even with like men, boys and men who would be mean to me, and not treat me the way that I, I knew core inside my gut that they were wrong, that they were, I mean, there were other issues, other influences in my life too, media, so on and so on. Um, so I did have a, a pretty verbally and mentally abusive marriage that I stayed in for far too long. Uh, but I always knew that you're doing yourself wrong, Suzanne. This is not what you deserve. This is not, I, it never sunk in. And if he ever felt like he wanted to hit me, which he never did, I would fucking pick up something and sm I, it would, he would die. And I felt <laughs> that, I knew that inside of me. I never felt like I deserved bad treatment ever. And that I absolutely believe that was because of all the love that I felt. I felt that love palpably as a small child. And that's what sustained me. Yeah, it sustains me now. That's why I gotta awesome. go to Jamaica to see my aunt. It was 90. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, Sam, what do you got? Can you right, give, so me some, give me some easy ones. You don't know what my yeah, favorite okay. color, what kind of tree I would be. Well, here's, this is, so I was going to, let's get away from the philosophical deep crap. Yeah. Um, 
explain your fantasy Sunday. What would it look like if time and money were in abundance? Oh my God. Listen, my fantasy Sunday doesn't even involve money. My fantasy Sunday is waking up to the smell of my mother making a good old fashioned Jamaican breakfast in my kitchen. And I don't have to get up till breakfast is ready. And then as soon as breakfast is done, I can go lie back down. And my mom, oh my God, this is horrible that my fantasy Sunday involves my mom. (laughs) So much work. But so soft and soothing where it involves all my favorite foods and it involves watching like uh, a Disney movie, eating dinner while watching a Disney movie and maybe having like a milkshake at the end of the Disney movie. And then maybe some of my favorite family members dropping by for a not too long visit. Like they leave before I get sleepy. (laughs) And and then once I am sleepy, I'm allowed to just go to bed because I don't have any responsibilities so good food, my mom and my family members watching a night. And I'm talking about a movie like Parent Trap, okay? Like a movie like that. One that's kind of like lighthearted and funny. And then, yeah, and then going to bed early. That is a fantasy Sunday for me. Sounds good. Not like now where I'm like, oh my God, do I have clean underwear for the week? No, not like that <laughs> kind of Sunday. Mm-hmm. I've got a nice light one too. Mm-hmm. You have a five song playlist that makes your heart happy. What is on it? Oh. That's a hard okay. one. I, yeah, I, I'm a music lover. And so I have 7,000 songs that I absolutely love. And they all mean different things to me. <clears throat> five. Okay. You just need something to make your heart sing on that Sunday when you're have you've had or your if good. You were on a desert island and you could only have five songs for the rest of your life. What would they be? Okay, one would be uh, "One Love" by Bob Marley, which I think should be the world anthem, like the Earth anthem. If aliens came down, that's what should greet them. That's what we would all stand up and play. "One Love." Um, so that's the that's the first one, and then. Um, Shit, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Lord, I can't live without that song. I never, ever have I heard that song without it making me happy. Um, I should open my Spotify and have a little kick at it. Uh, and Sarah Smile by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Do you know that song? Hall and Oates, nope. yeah. Love that song so, so much. Um, uh, Michael Jackson's, what's the, hmm, no, 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 never mind, not that one. That's three so far, right? Yes. Yep. Wow, this is hard. Uh, something by, what are they called? Ambrosia? Do you know that band, Ambrosia from the 70s? Yeah. Okay, one of their songs, um, How Much I Feel. I fucking love that song. And then uh, Peaceful, Easy Feeling by the Eagles. Good song. Fucking love that. So let me tell you something. Like I said, there's about like a thousand songs. Can't believe there's no reggae on there, which is my favorite kind of music of all time. But there's yeah, no Bob reggae. Marley. One love. Yeah. Um, that's my that's my 
my best song of all time. But that I would I I could make another five, a list of five, on another list of five, on another depending on what day it is. But that those are the ones that are coming to my head right now that I really love. I love those songs. My kids think I'm so annoying because every time a song song comes on, I'm like, this is my jam. I it's my favorite song. And I'm like, how many favorite songs can you have? All of them. They're yeah. all your favorite. <laughs> Yeah. And so many, like, I love some songs that are like hard rock. I love Led Zeppelin, which is interesting, but I do. I have listened all, spent all night listening to Jimi Hendrix because I wanted to know about his, his guitar playing. I love uh, Santana. So I love electric guitar playing, interestingly enough, but girl, I love me some R&B backyard barbecue music, please. I love me some some roller skating 80s music from high school. Uh, I love old country. My mom used to listen to old country. Old Jamaican people love country. So I grew up listening to Loretta Lynn and all of the, all of those, like cleaning the, the, the bathroom to Conway Twitty and all that. I love all of the, that music. I hated it back then, but I love it now. Yeah, yeah. I can't clean the bathroom without listening to Patsy Cline. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, Patty Page. My mom. There was a guy named Jim Reeves that yeah. he was like a crooner. And gosh, she loved that one. She used to play a song called "Eddie My Love," and of course, now I know heartbreaking was because my dad was so horrible and mean to her, and she was playing that song like "Eddie My Love," "I Love You So," "Why Why Do You Treat Me the Way That You Do?" That's the song. And I'm like, God, they made me wrote that song for you. And I listen to I listen to all of her music now and I get really nostalgic. And yeah, so music is my, my thing. Yeah, it's a real go-to for me. Yeah. Amazing. Good, cool. All right, so it felt to me, it may not have been that way, but it felt to me that, you know, you got Ziggy kind of out of the blue. What... Oh, yeah. What brought you to become a dog parent, like <laughs> suddenly out of the blue? Because for the length okay. of time that I've known you, you've never had a pet. Yeah. So like what, what brought this on? It was probably you guys. Now that I think about it, it wasn't out of the blue. It had been brewing and brewing for a long time. And I, I like actually acquired her out of the, like suddenly, but right. the feeling and the, the desire to want a puppy has been simmering for a long time. And you see how I am always asking you, I was always asking you questions about dog care and how do you do this and how do you do that? And I think it was my association with you two because I just started seeing how having a dog enhances your life. So I started thinking, Hmm, I wonder if I'll get kicked out of the Jamaican club if I get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I researched it a little bit and realized that nobody could take my Jamaican card away. It's true. <laughs> Even if I have 10 dogs, I'm still allowed to be Jamaican. And I started thinking about a puppy, first of all, having a puppy and what that would be like. And it was also fed by my don't call mom when you know I'm recording a podcast. 
Uh, it was also fed by the fact that my kids are all growing up and that I just kind of felt like I was just hovering on the peripheries of their life saying, does anybody need me anymore? Does anybody want me to do anything? What what, what am I here for? What's my purpose? I, I got to admit that that's, I can't lie that that played a role. And then the idea started growing and growing, but the opportunity to get a puppy came up quickly and I jumped on it, but the desire to have one slowly, slowly, slowly grew. And oh my God, I'm, I haven't made a decision in my life that I felt so good and so right about ever. Because Ziggy is the light of my life. She is so, it's embarrassing how much moo, 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 moo I shower on her. And the other day I went to a birth just this week and when I came home, so it was an overnight birth, of course. And I came home at eight o'clock in the morning and Nadia, my daughter said, Ziggy was crying all night. And then I said, why? What's, what was wrong with her? Said, I don't know. I guess she was like wandering all over the house looking for you. And I'm like, this isn't the first time that I've been away. See, the thing is Noah was away too. Noah wasn't home. Didn't come home till the middle of the night. So usually Noah's her substitute. She'll just go and snuggle up at his feet. Um, but Noah wasn't home and I wasn't home. And Nadia will not allow that kind of, she is not a dog person. <laughs> Barely, she tolerates Ziggy's existence. And, but he, she was crying so much that she came out of her room, took her dog bed and put it outside her door and told Ziggy, I'm going to go in there and sleep now, but I'm here. You're not alone. Okay, bye. And went inside the room and closed the door. And she, she was okay for a while. But then she must have forgot that Nadia was in there and started crying again until Noah came home. And then she went to go sleep with Noah. So I felt heartbroken to hear that. Oh my God. Aww. Now I think I'm going to quit overnight births because I can't leave my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I now have it in my contract. You well, cannot, I will not of, be with you because of Ziggy. between 9 p.m. Yes. and 9 a.m. I'm obsessing about how to get her to lose one pound because I'm afraid to go to the vet because he said she needs to lose a pound and she's not losing it. Not she, weighs, she weighs three pounds. What the hell? Yeah, she, well, she needs to weigh two, according to the vet. When you rub that side, noise, you can't feel her ribs. Why are and, we fat shaming a dog, for God's yes, sake? I'm like, is this what we've come to? Fat shaming a dog. So I, it wasn't sudden. It was her, getting her was sudden. Um, but my desire for a dog wasn't for to 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 have a puppy wasn't and now I'm not just a Ziggy lover I'm literally a dog lover and I cannot believe myself it has happened what has happened I see people walking some big old ugly dogs that before I would have rolled my eyes at me like I'm not having one of the big old slobber dogs in my house but I get it I get it it's your dog slobber yeah. So when I pick up Ziggy's poo and I'm like, look at you, Jamaican woman, bending over to <laughs> pick up some animals crap early in the morning when you haven't even brushed your teeth yet. Who have you become? Well, yes, that's who I've become. That's and hilarious. I, feel I will not apologize to anybody. <laughs> we don't want you to. We are all now. Yeah, I actually, I want to know. parents. Actually, dog, but oh my god, you want another one? Yes, you're nuts. Yeah, same breed. My 
Yes, I love this breed. I love any poodle breed, um, but my house is small. My kids will be super, super annoyed. But guess what? Natty is moving out. My daughter's moving out. Has that firmed up? At the end of the summer. It's pretty firm. They're like actively looking. Her and her brother, like she's moving in with cousins and her brother, so it's, it's okay. And her boyfriend. But uh, so maybe... Once Nadia goes, I think Noah Noah will go with the flow. He loves Ziggy, it's constantly snuggling her, but he just doesn't want to inv be involved in the care. Don't ask me to feed her, walk her, but he'll play with her and snuggle her. That's yeah. all right then. Yeah. So I, I, I secretly want to, not so secretly now, want another dog. <laughs> it's that's it's out there goals. now. <laughs> we will be on that's dog That's how watch. it starts. That's how it starts. <laughs> it's true. I started with one bulldog. And, and then now, I know. went, then after Marge passed, we brought home two bulldogs. Yeah. And then Gertie gave birth and we thought, ah, what's one more? We'll take one of that litter. Yeah. And that wasn't supposed to happen. I was being so good. I was, we had the decision to not have the third dog. Yeah. And then Roger saw a picture of Weezer and he kept asking about that one. Mm. And here we are. Here we are <laughs> later. I am literally after this podcast going to the grocery store to buy stuff to cook for Ziggy because she's not eating for whatever she goes. She sometimes she goes off her food for a day or two and, and she's like really picky eater. And I'm not interested in, in coddling picky eaters, ne not with children and certainly not with dogs. And yet you're but, going to the grocery store but, to cook for, yeah, for to Ziggy. Buy, to buy specific food That's for her. That's how it starts. Yeah. I'm not sure if she's not feeling well. She seems fine in every other way. She's just not eating really. So I'm going to go and buy her like the food that I know she eats when she's not feeling well. And, and again, I not apologizing for it. <laughs> she sleeps in my bed every night. Yeah. All she has to do is come. She, she can't jump on my bed because it's too high. And she comes up to the side of the bed and she makes a little woofing noise. <laughs> Like this she doesn't bark she just goes Woof. and i look over and there she is i'm like do you want to come up and she comes up and snuggles right like in my neck <laughs> so so that oh. is one goal for the next year would you say that acquiring bringing home a second dog is one goal for the next year no i'm not there yet i want a second dog but pra pragmatically speaking i'm not ready for that yet so not yet. Uh, so no, that's not a goal for the year. So for the next year, what is, give me one personal and one professional goal you have over for over the next question. year. That's a good question. We should have asked you that. Um, <laughs> one personal goal is to really, really improve my health over the next year. So I've told you guys that this is my summer of health. Yep. And let me tell you how it's not easy, how I go to the grocery store and I have to browbeat myself to not buy all of the crap that I want to buy to bring home and stuff in my face. Uh, I went to Metro yesterday. I never go to Metro without getting a slice of chocolate truffle cake. Never, ever. Yes. Because it's, very it's good. fucking delicious. And I will eat it while I'm driving on the 401 because I don't want to answer to anybody. Yeah, like I will eat that so that it's done when I get home and I can ding it in the 
recycling so nobody will see it. Anyways, that just speaks to my bad eating problems. But this is my summer of health. I have diabetes and I am trying to get my A1C to be consistently good. That requires me to eat therapeutically. So I don't believe that everybody has to eat therapeutically, low carb, blah, blah, blah. I feel like you should eat what you want if it supports your health. And even if it doesn't support your health, that's your business. My business is that I'm diabetic and I feel like shit when I weigh, I've lost 20 pounds since January, 2021. Yeah, it took me 18 months, but I feel infinitely better just simply because there's less of me to haul around. I'm breathing better and so on. And so I want to continue that journey in a much more focused and conscious way. And so I dedicated this summer to be like that. That doesn't mean that I'm going to deprive myself. I'm going to a barbecue on Saturday. You best believe I'm eating some barbecue sauce on something, a hamburger with a bun, not no lettuce bun. It's going to be like a real white bread bun. Fucking you and your fucking lettuce buns. Fuck you. And, And I don't, if there, I know I'm old enough to know, and I've been doing this long enough to know what I will tolerate, what I won't tolerate. Like I'm, I'm not going to go to the shawarma place and ask for a bowl with all the ingredients in a bowl. No, wrap it up in the bread thing. Okay. It's just that I'm not going to go there every week to eat a, a shawarma. So I've realized that there's also balance. You can eat a therapeutic diet if you're diabetic because you do need to watch your carb intake. That's not even, that's just science. That's just a fact. You cannot just eat however many carbs you want and have good blood sugars that I can't. So I want good blood sugars and I need to uh, watch my carb intake, but sometimes I'm just going to eat yesterday. I had no reason to buy that chocolate truffle cake at Metro, but I'm going to have cake on Saturday. You better believe it. I'm bringing the cake. So I'm eating some of that cake. So I'm trying to balance that out. So my goal for the next year is to really continue improving my health. It isn't about the number on the scale. I don't know how much I weigh, except that I weighed myself before we went to Miami. So that's how I know I've lost 20 pounds since. And I've been weighing myself like sort of sporadically, but that is not, that cannot be a part of my journey because I, it makes me feel too much. The number on the scale Despite that, oh, you've been sleeping well all week and you feel you have at least 15% more energy. None of those things mean anything if I look at the number on the scale and it's stupid, but that's how I've been conditioned to regard that as, as the most important thing. So I'm trying to let go of that too. So that's my personal goal is to keep this journey going. And professionally, in one year, I seriously would like to not be doing in-person births. I kind of don't know. I kind of don't have a path to that yet, but again, it's a journey. I want to find a path to that. And by next June, I want to not be lying on a vinyl pullout couch in any (laughs) hospital. Yeah. Being woken up by beeps and bings. And then having to stand by a bedside, helping somebody push for an hour while I feel like I'm going to keel over. I just, I'm done. I'm really, 
I'm really done with that. But um, like I said, I don't know how I'm going to be able to let that go because it's such a big part of my income. I've got to figure it out. So that's my goal. Figure that shit out. Find the path. Find the path. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's going to be cool to watch that unfold. I'll keep you you updated. (laughs) We'll be asking. Yeah. Well, that is all I have for the day of Suzanne. How about you, Kim? You got anything left in the bucket? I have one left. I asked this of Stephanie as well. Beach, mountain, or city vacation? Oh. Family or alone? Beach alone. Like not even, I don't even have to teach those because I remember when you said this. Beach alone. I, although I am an extrovert and I love my, can they come over? Like two this nights. This is your vacation. You can do it My vacation. Want. So I will spend a beach. I love the beach is my, oh my God, not the sea. I'm not a water person. So I could be at the beach all week and not put one toe in the water, but I need the beach, the smell, the sounds, everything. So I want to be at the beach for beach for five days by myself. And one Saturday, all my cousins and my sister and everybody comes over and we all hang out and then they leave and then they come back on Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah. And I have a big umbrella and a comfy chair and two really good novels and um and a f- like my house the beach house is stocked with food yes and it is safe and secure where there will be no murderers and no yes. like tsunamis and things like that that could kill me that's the beach vacation of my dreams that yeah. sounds good yeah awesome. all right all right thank you so much for interviewing me yes Suzanne you can watch for this on entertainment tonight (laughs) (laughs) so what is everyone doing for the remainder of the day of Suzanne I am going to the store to buy food for Ziggy to (laughs) cook it I actually have a consult with a trainer next on four o'clock trainer for trainer you know oh personal oh like a physical trainer trainer. um she is a woman of color she works specifically with women in midlife samantha i think samantha mom petite yeah i know her yeah okay so i'm gonna but she doesn't have prices on her thing on her website so that's that's the issue that's a red flag so i want to know is this a pipe dream is this something that i really would have to sacrifice for or is this something that I can actually manage? That's what I want to know. Um, I had I had talked to her one time. This was years ago um, mm-hmm. about it, and uh, and she told me how much it was. I can't remember actually yeah. at this point, um, but I remember thinking, uh, I do not have that money. And and her response was, you know, um, well, you can always find the money. I'm like, well, I can't, that would require me taking it out of my children's mouth. So mm, no, I really don't think I can. If she says that to me. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was the red flag for me. Like she's lovely. She's worked with like in birthing and, and done like core yeah. um, and pelvic that floor stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like she's, 
she knows the she knows yeah. women and this is and it's and it's good for me that was a red flag but that was me like that was and that was that would be ago, a red so. flag for, so now it's two red flags yeah but so, i'm gonna ask, i'm gonna talk to her anyways and see absolutely absolutely and if yes. i hear how can we help. make this work not how can i just find the money yeah right? it's like how can we make it work she yeah. says that to me my 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 the very first next words to, to her will be let me tell you something <laughs> at which point she better run then you can fill in the blank but that i will channel that's my cousin melissa she starts everything with like let me tell you something <laughs> and the finger comes whether it's, whether it's good news afterwards or bad news afterwards that's how she starts it and that's what she'll get if i if that's what i hear because yeah so that those are the two big things that i want to do today um add some work a little, i'm going to do a little bit of work stuff too that's me. Who you guys up to? I am taking Thomas to go pick up his new suit oh, for his for his graduation. Graduation. Oh my god. Yeah. So Amazing. it's and then I'm teaching tonight. Teaching tonight. Yeah. And I'm gonna try Stephanie? not to eat the bread that Thomas made. That Thomas ate. them. So good. We have a list started of what we want him to make. Oh my god. <laughs> To have a person in your house that you can do that with is a gift beyond words. Well, the fact that he's not working every fucking hour God sent for at fucking McDonald's, which is, was the worst job ever. Um, It's been good. He mowed my lawn yesterday. I told you guys he mowed my lawn and did did the dishes, baked bread, any single ladies just saying, um, He's going to make someone a really good husband one day. <laughs> please, please make sure you state his age because I can see somebody bringing their 20, t- emailing, I have a 25-year-old daughter who would love to meet Thomas. Well, he's 20. Yeah. So keep that in mind. He's people, up there. <laughs> when you're trying to like, when you're fixing up your daughters. So 20. Yeah. He's 20 he's and he needs a haircut, a but other than that. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's looking for a fellow who's flying by the seat of his pants, Xander's <laughs> leaving for Australia. Um, nice. So if you like to travel and l- live a nomadic life, um, my my son who turns today is twenty six years ago today at four thirty oh. p.m. I gave birth to him. Oh, oh happy birthday! Happy birthday, your Xander. To my Xander, who also like to- Xander doesn't bake, but he cooks. He loves to cook spicy food. He everywhere he goes, he learns how to cook something new. And he came back from Thailand. All of a sudden, he's fucking hot ass peppers ended up in my kitchen all the time and in everything he cooked i'm like my asshole can't handle this <laughs> my throat great. can't handle this you have to give me a heads up about all these things you are marinating chicken in mm-hmm. <laughs> or i shove it in my face that's right well, I need, your mother needs a heads up since we're plugging sons uh <laughs> i have a 26 year old one he's cute single he parties a lot. So oh. if you are a young woman, if you are a young woman who loves the loosey goosey party lifestyle, who loves the nightlife, loves to boogie. Loves the nightlife <laughs> and knows the streets of Tor- the city of Toronto, like the back of his hand, please, please contact the pragmatic doulas at pragmatic doulas at gmail.com. And I will hook you up with my year old. Yeah. Stephanie just got on the phone. I don't know if she was actually calling for a son, but <laughs> yes. wait a second. I got a girl for him. 
um, yeah, that's my one, one child that is, you know, like not married, not like not hooked up. Yes. So there you go. Cool. My friends, we have an emergent cutout here. We have a period blowout at school. So All right. I am exiting stage left to go I'll save my child from the period blowout. All right. Enjoy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Have a, have a good Take one. Bye-bye.